to go to Joshua chapter 9. Actually, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Then we'll go to Joshua 9. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Today we're looking at the story of the Gibeonites, um, and Deuteronomy 7 gives us a good uh, starting point for this passage. Deuteronomy 7, starting in verse number 1, uh, when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and before thee the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make uh, marriages with them, thy daughters. Uh, thou shalt not give unto his son, or nor his daughters shalt thou take unto thy son. So we have instructions here <clears throat> for what is ahead uh, in Deuteronomy. And, uh, and in, verse, in Joshua chapter 9, we're going to see the failure to obey uh, these instructions uh, to some degree, and we'll see it further as we get further into Joshua. Uh, but nonetheless, we're going to look at the story of the Gibeonites today who came and made a deal uh, with Joshua. Let's pray, and then we'll, we'll dive in in Joshua 9. Lord, thank you again for letting us be here. Thank you for your word and uh, what we can learn from it. Help us today as we look at this story to take home valuable lessons uh, in our lives. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're in Joshua 9, and uh, we've, now we've passed Jericho, we've passed Ai, and uh, the people are marching forward. They've got that, uh, what we would call in the sports world, momentum. Uh, they're coming off of two straight victories now. Well, actually, I guess they, they lost the first battle at Ai, won the second, so they're back on track now. Uh, they're 2-1, and one, uh, but they were able to make up for the first, the first loss. And uh, they're leading the division. They're, they're headed, some of you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, football season is right upon us. This is good times. But nonetheless, back to, back to the Bible. And, uh, but we see this, uh, this, this continuing forward now. And in Joshua 9, verse number 1 and 2, it tells us, And it came to pass, when all the kings which were on this side of Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys, and in all the coasts of the great sea over against Lebanon, the Hittite and the Amorite, uh, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, sounds like I've heard of these names before, uh, heard thereof uh, that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. So now these uh, nations or armies, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they had heard what happened in Jericho and they heard what happened in Ai. They already knew what happened in Egypt and the Red Sea and, and then the, the, through the wilderness. And so now they come to this point where they said, hey, we need to band together. Uh, right? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, we need to band together and we need to fight as one. So they came together and joined as one. They united. But in verse number three, we find a group of people who I like to label as thinkers, not fighters. Um, I consider the Gibeonites to be smarter than all these other people. And uh, verse number three, it says, and when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua done, had done unto Jericho and Ai, 
They did work wilily, willily, wilily, I always called it wilily, and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and clouded up uh, upon their feet and old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua unto the camp of Gilgal and said unto him, of the men of Israel, we be come from a far country, now therefore make ye a league with us. You have all these kings in verse 1 uh, that have decided we need to band together in order to beat Joshua. But the people of Gibeon understood we cannot win this fight. It's impossible. Um, which I look at, in some ways, I look at the leadership and go, well, that's not good leadership, but it is. It's smart. Um, you know, I don't ever walk into a basketball game with my team and go, we got no shot. Uh, I say that. Uh, last year, we played Montgomery County, and we had no shot. Um, and very quickly, we understood that. But uh, nonetheless, I try to encourage my guys, hey, we can do this if we do our best and we give it all that we've got. And if we play smart and if we listen to our smart coach, we can win this game. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, we won four, I think, last year. Um, so, uh, so maybe there's a time. And this, but this, the Gibeons understood, the Gibeonites understood, this is not good for us. We're not going to win this battle. So what we need to do is make a peace agreement with these people, but they also knew that Joshua would not make a peace agreement with them. So what did they do? They got deceitful. They had an elaborate plan. In verses 3 through 5, we see this where they worked in verse 4, wily, and they took old sacks and they wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and made them even dirtier, old garments uh, uh, that they wore. They got bread that was dry and moldy to make it look like they had made a far, long journey to visit Joshua. And so they sold the plan to him, starting in verse number 6, when he says we're going to make a league with Joshua. Verse number 7, The men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye? And from whence come ye? Now you'll notice they're not going to answer that question. Um, they do lie about where they come from, but they didn't ever answer who they were. They said unto him, From a very far country thy servants are come because of the name of the Lord thy God. For we have heard the fame of him and all that uh, he did in Egypt and that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan and Sihon the king of Heshbon and Og the king of Bashan, uh, which was in Ashtaroth. Uh, wherefore our elders, all the inhabitants of our country, spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the journey and go to meet them and say unto them, we are your servants. Therefore, now make ye a league with us. This is our bread. We took hot from our provision for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now behold, it is dry and moldy. Uh, he goes on in verse 13, and these bottles of wine which we filled were new and behold, they be rent and these are garments and our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. Um, they point out all the things that Joshua can see. And I don't know if they did this um, <clears throat> where, uh, so that it could be recorded for us or not. Obviously, we didn't need that. But uh, they make it very clear to Joshua, no, we're from a far, where, who are you and where are you from? They say, we're from a far country. Uh, we've come a long, long ways. When we left, this bread was hot, straight out of the oven. And now it's dry and moldy. Our, uh, the, their containers for their, their liquid, their wine, 
It, they uh, they use the way I understand it is it's kind of the idea of a bladder and and uh, and so the newer it is it's very small and contained and the older it gets stretched out and bigger and things like that and uh, so these their 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 containers were all stretched out and ripped their clothes were all torn and tattered and uh, they just pointed that out to Joshua see we've come a long way our shoes were new our bread was hot. And now everything's dry and moldy, including our underarms. I mean, everything stinks. And, uh, and so they come to Joshua with this um, elaborate plan that they sold very, very well to Joshua. Because <clears throat> remember, we read in, in Deuteronomy, uh, and we read in other parts of Scripture too, they were supposed to go and demolish everyone in this land and take it for themselves. Uh, and they even asked him in verse 7, they said, why would we make... Uh, a, a league with you? Uh, are you not from around here? And they said, no, no, no. We're from a far, far, far away country. Way, 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 way out of the way. We've heard about everything your God has done. So make a league with us. So we see an unwise decision. Verse number 15, the Bible says, Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. Uh, look in verse number 14. It says, and the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. So we see that Joshua made a deal with these guys before uh, he ever went to God and asked about it. Now it takes me back, and we talked about this last week with AI. We don't read in AI where it says much about, um, you know, had Joshua just asked God, and God, I believe, had Joshua asked God, God would have told him they're sending the camp, don't go. Um, and, but we don't read that anywhere, so that's just my opinion and my thoughts. Um, but in verse 14, it's very clear they did not uh, pursue God in this league. Um, they just took these guys at their word and made a peace deal with them and uh, without seeking God. You know, I was thinking about this in this verse where it says, they ask not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. I started thinking about society today or churches today and their desire to fit in with society. And uh, they always try to make peace with society so that, so that society will like their church. Um, so they'll put in music that they think culture wants, uh, that they think the, the community wants. They'll, um, I don't want to make a big deal about dress, but they'll dress the way they think that, that the neighbors want to see. And they'll uh, talk the way they think that the people want to hear. And they'll do everything trying to uh, make peace with their neighbor and I wrote down, uh, be nice or obey God. Now, understand God desires for us to be kind, right? We're supposed to be kind, we're supposed to love, all those sorts of things. Um, and I don't, I don't diminish that. I don't take away from that. But in this situation, what was Joshua supposed to do? He was supposed to reject this league. Or at the very least, ask God to see what God wanted him to do. Maybe God would have given him the okay. I don't think so. But maybe God would have. Um, but he did not seek God. And it goes back to how we go around and we try and, well, it seems like a good thing to do. It seems like a right thing to do. It seems like a nice thing to do, whatever. And instead of asking God, God, do you want this? We just do it because it sounds right or good. And there are things that are not, uh, um, that are not bad, but that are against God. Does that make sense? They're, they're not evil, but they're against, they're against what God wants. And, uh, and in this situation, no one asked God. 
And uh, so there was no counsel, at least there was no godly counsel in this situation. And Joshua made peace with them. Now look at what happens. A shocking find. Verse number 15, uh, we see that Joshua made peace. Verse number 16, it came to pass that at the end of three days, after they made a league with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors and that they dwelt among them. And the children of Israel journeyed and came unto their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon and uh, Chephirah and Beeroth and Kirjath Jearim. And the children of Israel smote them not because the princes of the congregation had sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel and all the congregation murmured against the princes. Uh, let's see here uh, two more verses but all the princes said unto all the congregation we have sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel now therefore we may not touch them this we will do to them uh, we'll even let them live lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swear unto them uh, one of the things that Joshua was wise in uh, is in verse 15 where it says he made a league with them to let them live um, he didn't sign this massive, drawn-out contract. It was a pretty broad one. Um, we're going to let you live. Now, it was still against what God wanted, so still wrong. Uh, but when they come down to this point, they show up at the city, and they're like, oh, by the way, this is our hometown. Um, you promised us you would not kill us. You can't kill us. And uh, clearly their lie now was exposed, which they didn't care about because they had the league. Uh, but they, they had three days, three days journey, and boom, there they are, right? Where these people, that long trip with the dirty shoes and the rent clothes and the dry, moldy bread and all that kind of stuff. No, it only took three days to get there. It actually wasn't that big of a trip, not that bad of a, of a situation. Nonetheless, they get there, and all of a sudden the people are like, wait, what are we supposed to do? We made a promise. We made an oath. We made a covenant. We can't kill them. And they were going to keep that oath. God, by the way, wants you to keep your promises. God, God very muchly, I married much this, not a word, very much desires for you to keep your, your oaths, uh, which is why the Bible teaches the importance of not making oaths, especially ones you can't keep. But we see here that they are going to keep their oath, but what happens? Uh, verse number 21. Uh, and the princes said unto them, Let them live, uh, but let them be hewers of wood and drawers of water unto all the congregation, as the princes had promised them. And Joshua called for them, and he spake unto them, saying, Wherefore have ye beguiled us, saying, We are very far from you when ye dwell among us. Now therefore ye are cursed, and there shall none of you be freed from being bondmen, and hewers of wood, and drawers of water, for the house of my God. And they answered Joshua and said, Because it was certainly told thy servants how that the Lord thy God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore we were sore afraid of our lives because of you and have done this thing. They said, We have a good reason. Well, yeah. I don't blame the Gibeons for doing this. Gibeonites, they were smart people. They said, Hey, we know that you were told to destroy the inhabitants of the land. And we're in the land. And we didn't want to be destroyed. So we made up a story to get you to sign this league. In verse 25 it says, And now behold, we are in thine hand, as it seemeth good and right unto thee to do unto us do. Now this is an interesting reaction by the Gibeonites. They know they fooled Joshua. But what we see still here is a a fear slash respect where they understood their situation, they still were not in control. 
let's face it, a signed document um, does not get upheld very well. Uh, you can rip the paper up, you can shred it, you can burn it, all those kinds of things, and then it's just one person's word against another person's word. Had Joshua and the people killed the Gibeonites here, who would have known about their league? Well, God would have. <laughs> and that's what's most important, is it not? It wasn't that, that the rest of the other kings that we read about in verse number one, they would have heard about, oh, you can't trust Joshua. They would have never known. They would have just read in the paper how Joshua and the people marched right over the Gibeonites. But Joshua understood they made a promise. And even though they were given the out here by the Gibeonites, whatever you think needs to be done, do. Joshua still fulfilled his oath. It says in verse number 26, And so did he unto them, and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel, that they slew them not. And Joshua made them that day hewers of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord, even unto this day, and the place which he should choose. We see that they were bondmen. They were slaves. From that day forward, there was a consequence to their sin. There was a to their lies, to their deceit, and there had to be. But again, this is the beginning of the end to a degree in the sense where Joshua and the people were commanded to do a job. And when they started to stray away from the instructions of God, you're going to start to see the negative things come as a result of it. God clearly stated, uh, destroy the inhabitants. God clearly stated, don't marry, intermingle with them. And again, I just want to point out, it's not what we're talking about today. It's not a, it's not a go against interracial marriage. It's a go, it's, it goes against interreligion marriage. Um, you, Christians should only marry a Christian, plain and simple. And, uh, but anyone who says, anyways, <clears throat> if you have any concerns about that, let me know. Uh, but here Joshua, he, he was supposed to destroy the inhabitants he didn't go to God, didn't seek his counsel, and these people came and fooled him. And Joshua was going to keep his oath, but there had to be a consequence. And so the people were going to be allowed to live, but they were going to be servants. And they were going to live the rest of their life and the rest of their time as people, as servants. And uh, now we see the intermingling start later on. We see the intermarriages and all that kind of stuff, which leads to um, uh, idolatry and leads to all kinds of problems. But this is the start of it. This is the, the point where, where full obedience turns to half obedience, which turns to no obedience before too long. You have to do what God tells you to do. And if you don't, there's going to be long-term consequences for it. And the people here did not obey God. They did not do what God told them to do. Now again, had God given them permission, if they went to God and sought counsel and had God said, sure, then, then it would have been fine. But they didn't go seek God's counsel. Had they sought God's counsel, I believe, in my opinion, I believe God would have said, uh, why don't you travel three days and then get back to me about that league, if whether or not you should do it. Um, and then they would have marched three days and found the Gibeonites. And they're like, hey, I recognize you. Weren't you the guy with the moldy bread? Um, and it would have been done. With. That was my own sound effects uh, there. The reality is, is without the counsel of God, we're going to fail to obey God. Without seeking God, we won't do what God wants us to do. We might be able to walk in a way that seems right, 
but without seeking God's counsels, we're still going to do wrong. We have to know what God wants, and we can only know it if we seek God for it. That's through prayer and through reading the word that God's given us. We've got to seek the counsel of God. Uh, this is going to cause problems. It will uh, over time. Uh, so it cause issues for the Israelites, for Joshua, for the people. Um, but we see the Gibeonites, uh, a great picture of this world. They're sneaky. They're deceitful. They're looking out for themselves. Do whatever they can to, to save themselves. We have to seek God. Don't just take, just because it sounds good, don't just take that as, eh, sounds good. Sure, we can do that. No, we've got we to gotta seek God's word, seek God's counsel, and do what God tells us to do. And I've always been intrigued by this story. I've always been um, yeah, just the Gibeonites, and they're where everybody else says, let's, let's gather together and fight. The Gibeonites are like, why? Let's, let's dress up and, and go get some peace and, uh, and, and make everything work that way. And they did. Uh, to a degree. Again, they still suffered a consequence for it. Sin does not go unpunished. Um, and we see that all throughout Scripture as well. But that's the Gibeonites. And we'll continue to look at the, uh, the, the armies and the things that happen uh, moving forward. Next week, we're looking at the sun and the moon standing still. Uh, a wonderful story of God's power and God's provision uh, in the middle of war, um, which I don't know if you know this or not, but we're in the middle of a spiritual war. And we need God's protection and we need God's provision. And uh, we see how God did that for Joshua. And I believe we can learn lessons for how God does that for us today as well. Lord, we thank you for letting us come today. We thank you for a um, good crowd this morning and this afternoon. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, all that you do for us. And we pray that you would help us, grow us, guide us. Lord, help us to seek you, to follow you, to obey you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just continue to work in this church uh, to accomplish your will and your desires. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Wednesday.